we will never be confident in our ability to do something we've never done before or have done only once or twice. So a lot of times people say, you just have to get your confidence up. I wouldn't spend any time there because confidence comes after you do it. You know, how many times have you had to do something you had no idea you could accomplish and then you did it and then you're like, oh, I can do this now, right? I mean, this happens to me all the time. So entrepreneurs, the confidence is on the other side of actually doing it. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Nagy. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to support you, to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast, episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday for at least 30 minutes so that we can get to know each other even more. I can answer your questions or teach you more about mindset, entrepreneurship, content marketing, branding, or podcasting. You can join the Mindset Nation community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Mindset Nation. Once again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Mindset Nation. Or simply go to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, and in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says Mindset Nation, and there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group, and now let me introduce today's guest. So my guest today is Susie Siegel, who created Locus Mindset to help leaders and entrepreneurs gain more control over their lives build personal resilience, and grow thriving businesses and organizations. As an attorney and business professor, she helps clients plan new ventures, grow existing businesses, and build positive organizational cultures. Knowing that success is the product of more than exceptional talent and business strategy, Susie focuses on cultivating the most important factor for personal and professional achievement, a locus mindset. Susie developed and launched the entrepreneurship program at her university and teaches graduate business and leadership. She has an MBA, a JD, and a doctorate in leadership and management. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Susie's personal story and how she came to the realization that the locus mindset is the number one mindset that you need in order to succeed at work and in life. In the middle of the episode, we dive deeper into how someone can benefit from cultivating a locus mindset and what are some of the ways to do so. Closer to the end of the episode, Susie talks about the Thrive Framework, which teaches you how to eliminate overwhelm, build resilience, and thrive. In the end, Susie recommends mindset-transforming books to the listeners. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, 
book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Susie Siegel to find the episode's show notes page. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Susie, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Hi, Tabor. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I'm really excited. First and foremost, it's a topic you know, I have never talked about, to be honest with you, I didn't know anything about Locust Mindset. So it's it's really interesting. And I wanted to start this conversation with this topic, like, how did you come to this realization that Locust Mindset is one of the most important mindsets? And maybe you can tell a little bit more about your story as well. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. This is so timely with everything going on in the world and, you know, globally and then economically. So this is a great time to talk about it. Yeah, locust mindset really is developing an internal locus of control mindset approach to the world. And we'll talk a little more, I know, about what locus of control is. But really where this began for me was probably about a decade ago. You know, I have I have experience and graduate degrees in business, law, and uh, education, higher education specifically. (laughs) And I began to see and notice certain patterns. And that's one of the most amazing parts about our brain is that we can recognize patterns, patterns of behavior. And I would see it in business with entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, my student entrepreneurs at my university, and even myself and with my law clients. And I started to recognize that there were people who seemed to feel and operate as if they had more control of their lives in a crazy world versus others. And so I became very curious about locus of control because the research was showing that if you really had a strong internal locus, you had better outcomes in your business, in your wealth, in your health, in your relationships. And those that didn't have it and had a more external locus, and again, I know we'll define what these mean in a minute, Mm -hmm. tended to do poorly. So I thought, how could we then move people from an external to a stronger internal? And what does that really mean? And that began my journey through that, especially in mindsets and the science of the mind. Wow, that's really interesting. So talk to us a little bit more about, uh, you know, what's what's the locus of control? Because I didn't know about this term and it's really interesting. No, I, it's a great question. A lot of people, some people know just because they might have come across it. A lot of therapists, psychologists will know, coaches or counselors, but it's okay if you don't. I didn't really understand it in depth, but I had heard it many times. So in yeah. 1954, psychologist Dr. Julian Rotter put forth the psychological theory, locus of control, location of control, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, there. he tended to see that there were two types of people. I mean, it's on a continuum, but by and large, you either had more of an external locus, meaning you would perceive the things that happened to you in life, the results you got, the rewards or not as being out of your control, as being the factors of luck, chance, or powerful others. I love that term, powerful others. You know, you can think about that like a boss, the government, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then those that had an internal locus 
believed the results and the things they got in their lives were a result of their own actions and behaviors, not outside their their control. Now, this doesn't mean that we move through the world and we're in control of every single thing, but it's the degree to which you perceive that you have agency over your life and what happens in it and how you respond. So that's where the locus mindset comes in, is really understanding that on a deep level. And we'll talk about why that's really challenging. And, you know, Tabor, I saw this in my own life. There were areas I thought, oh, I've got a really strong internal locus. And then other areas like emotions, anxiety, relationship struggles, where I thought, oh, this is just out of my control. It's not my issue. Mm -hmm. It's something else. It's somebody else, right? Or I just will never overcome this. That's when we know we've got some locus mindset work to do. Wow, that's really interesting. I'm curious about your story a little bit more. So how did you become passionate about this topic? Because it's it's obviously really interesting. And I have never heard about this term. And then I was like, this is... So I, I took the test as well. So there's this locus test on your website. And it said, I think, 29 points or something like that. But I always believed that, you know, I have control over my actions and, and behaviors because this is the the person like this is me the person who can decide you know what outcome i can have so i don't know i've i've read it also in the book you know seven um seven habits of highly effective people and there was this one thing that you want to focus on the things that you can control in your life versus focusing on the things that you can't control so i think i i I've had this, but it wasn't conscious until we actually met and we talked about this locus mindset. So how did you become passionate about this topic? Was it through personal experience or what was your, you know? Yeah, I think it's the convergence of both personal and professional. I started to see patterns. I'll speak personally. I was just noticing that I had, okay, so this is a great question, right? If I had taken, and that's one of the things that's fun about the locus test is you may score very high and that's a very good score. And there also is a uh, established instrument that I used in a focus group. We'll talk about it later where I used an established instrument that was done by a researcher, Patricia Detweiler, Mm -hmm. on locus of control. So I want to say the locus test is just kind of a a little bit of a canvas that I put together. Mm -hmm. But you could score very highly in the sense of you could consciously be aware that, okay, I feel in control of things. But then what happens in life many times is fear, anxiety creep up you know, negative self-defeating thoughts, frustration. You see people repeat patterns and they may not even be aware that those things that they think they just can't overcome are actually within their ability to change. So what happened for me is I saw I was repeating patterns in how I related to people, you know, whether it was relationships, close personal friends, families, Mm -hmm. they always seem to have like this sort of crest of conflict or anxiety or issue. I was repeating anxiety problems. I had you know, I was leading teams and I would worry about conflict. I just started to see things leak out. And I was in therapy, talk therapy for nine years with some very good therapists, very credentialed. Mm -hmm. And I would say it was helpful, but it didn't really produce change. Like I wasn't seeing a shift in how I thought about things. I was just talking about it. And then what happens sometimes is you end up focusing on it and thinking, oh, this is really bad, right? So what you don't realize many times is the things that hold us back in life and where we feel out of control are because it's not located in the part of the brain we're aware of. So we might think we're, like I would have told you, oh, I've got a very strong internal locus. And then all of a sudden I might get really fearful in a situation or I might start to have anxiety or my brain goes, oh, this was like that situation. And it just happens sort of 
automatically, right? You get emotions or you start to have arguments about something that has nothing to do with the thing, but it goes to your feeling of security and self-worth and safety, but you wouldn't know that. So my personal story was I wanted to find a reason why this was happening because it was very destructive and then change it. And I thought, I wish I could come back in time to my younger self Mm. and say, here's how the brain works. And it was really when I started to study the mind, as we'll talk about, like kind of like as Daniel Kahneman says, thinking fast and slow, system one and system two, that you understand how you have to work with it. Wow. And I saw the same thing too with my law clients, you know, in the recession, I did housing counseling and you would see some people and they, they, the situations that occurred in their lives were the worst things ever. They believed that they were not in control and they went on in life and that's what they saw. And then those that said, Hey, it was a bad time. It was bad economics, but we ended up, you know, we spent too much. We had to make some changes. It was the best thing that happened to them. Many times in life, it's the meaning our brains attach. And if we're not aware of it, then we actually will go through the world with erroneous perceptions and beliefs. Wow. Wow. So I've heard you say uh, awareness a couple of times. So uh, is it, I think, uh, a key or maybe the starting point to to start cultivating this mindset, locus of control or locus mindset? So how did you, you know, figure out the things like what happened for you? Sure. So a couple thoughts. I mean, a couple things. One is I really started to study, you know, areas in psychology, like neuroscience, neuropsychology, what happens in the brain when we make decisions? How do we get behaviors? And I looked at patterns. So I started to see in my life, I had certain patterns that kept repeating. And then when you start to read and you learn about how about 90 to 95% of the way we perceive the world and the belief systems that we have, come from a more autonomic pattern matching brain, a brain that forms when we're very young based on our experiences around us. And, you know, people have different levels of comfortability with this concept, but by and large, and I've interviewed neuroscientists, neuropsychologists, and they'll tell you Hmm. that when when you're trying to rationally solve a problem and you can't overcome it, there's usually something running below the threshold of conscious awareness. Mm -hmm. Now, I had never heard about the mind talked about like that. I thought, well, I'm a rational person. I'm a lawyer. I'm a business person. I have a doctorate in education. Gosh, if I can't figure it out, it must not be figure outable. (laughs) Not from an arrogant standpoint, but just from like, you know, don't tell me this is beyond my, but yet... When you think about when you get fearful and you have anxiety and let's say you're a a new startup or an entrepreneur that wants to do something and you've never done something before, Mm. so it's out of your comfort zone, your brain will code unfamiliar with unsafe and you'll start to see procrastination show up, lack of motivation. You'll start to have self-worth conversations. Oh, I can't charge that much. Oh, I can't have that conversation with somebody. And you'll give up Mm. because all of that is pushing you out of your zone of where your brain says you're safe. So some of it is just knowing how that works. And I walk through that in my website. I have tons of free resources on the site. There's a whole research and resources tab, but also there's a Thrive course. I know we'll talk about where we really work to root those things out for everybody because it's so hard to get change if you're not aware of where the change lives. And so really the seat of our locus of control is not in our conscious mind. It's in the more autonomic, pattern-matching, associative brain that triggers a lot of the reasons we make decisions in life, good or bad. Now, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's very useful. It's how we get to work when we were driving to work, let's Mm -hmm. say, you know, or it's how we get from A to B or how we breathe and how we go through certain things in life, how we can empty the dishwasher and have a conversation. 
Where it doesn't work is when we get into a new situation, a new business, a new startup, mm-hmm. we're starting to start a coaching program, let's say, and all of a sudden, all of the self-doubt comes up mm-hmm. and we think, well, I know I'm in control, but I can't do this or that. That's when we need to work with that mindset piece. And the strategies we use are very different than you would think. They're not conscious mind, willpower type strategies. You know, Dr. Ben Hardy, I know you had him on. He, he'll talk about willpower doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. It's a finite resource. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wow. I love that. And, you know, I, I think a lot about, you know, the survival mode, especially when I think about aspiring entrepreneurs. So how can we then, you know, overcome these things or work with the subconscious to, you know, to get out of this survival mode or fear? Yeah, excellent question. So the first is to be aware of the fact that this is going on and to really understand it and have an openness to it. This is very tough for lawyers, for business people, for very analytical people because they think, well, this just sounds too woo-woo, right? So the first step is to be open to it and embrace the idea that, you know, if I haven't been able to get change in my life, in my business, with my health, with my relationships, then maybe I need to do something different. And entrepreneurs understand this. They'll say, you have to pivot. But yet when you when you ask them to pivot in certain deep ways, sometimes they say, yeah, but that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. So I would say first, it's an understanding that it's not who you are. It's what a behavior pattern might look like, what you might do. And then when you understand that, you can ask yourself the question, what is not working in my life? And what beliefs or patterns am I seeing show up over and over, and you will see that. Like for me, I was noticing I always was worried about if people liked me or cared about me or were upset at me. That's huge. Now, where, yeah, it's huge, yeah. right? And, and, and people are listening and thinking, okay, everybody's like that, but not all. And when I really went back, it had a lot to do with growing up, let's say, and my perception that in my household, it was like, I have to keep the peace. I want mom to be happy, to love me, to not get frustrated with me. And and then, you know, that shows up everywhere and it stacks. Now, these are not huge traumas, but they do create a lot of stuff you got to get through. So for me to just say, well, Susie, that's ridiculous. People like you, they respect you. That's not where the problem is. It was formed much earlier on. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing is many times what holds us back in business and life comes down to, am I accepted and loved? Am I enough? And will I be abandoned? And you think, really? We're adults. Can that go on? Yes. And so it's understanding how those things connect. Like think of any couple Mm. you might have seen have a fight about something really stupid, like toothpaste, the door, shoes, popsicles, whatever it is. They'll probably know on some level it's not about that. Mm -hmm. It's the meaning they attached to it and what they believe the other person was treating them or how they were valued or loved. Okay. So that has impact because as we move through the world, we're constantly matching for what happened before and coming to conclusions. So we do have to get in and change what happened before. Mm -hmm. And that is a large portion of the research and the work I do in Locus Mindset. Mm -hmm. We work with the autonomic subconscious mind to get change. And the way we do it, it gets it quickly because some people get very, I I don't blame them. I would get very frustrated if somebody said, well, you just got to keep trying. I just was like, drop it in. I want to know what it is I need to shift Mm -hmm. and then begin to see the shift. Wow. That's really interesting. And I think one of the biggest fears uh, of people is really what other people think of them. So for me, obviously it was huge because, you know, I started my podcast, for example, in English. And at that time I was like, you know, what people will think, how I speak English and things like that. And, you know, I actually worked with a coach. I also had an RTT session. And one of the topics I really like to talk about is confidence because it's very much connected to this 
you know, internal insecurity about who you are or, you know, what people will think of you. Like that's, that's kind of like a huge topic and it can influence or affect a lot of things. And, you know, I, I like to talk about entrepreneurs in the podcast because even if it's ma- mainly a personal development podcast, I think when it comes to entrepreneurs, there are a lot of things that can come up more uh, quickly, I would say, you know, some of those insecurities or fear or anxiety, you know, because they are stepping out of their comfort zones all the time. So yeah, I really like those topics. Okay. So something you said is important real quick to is confidence. You know, this was a huge mind shift for me and some people listening to this may have heard this. And if not, I really hope it's impactful. We will never be confident in our ability to do something we've never done before or have done only once or twice. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people say, you just have to get your confidence up. I wouldn't (laughs) spend any time there because confidence comes after you do it. You know, how many times have you had to do something you had no idea you could accomplish and then you did it and then you're like, oh, I can do this now, right? I mean, this happens to me all the time. So entrepreneurs, the confidence is on the other side of actually doing it. You just have to be committed to a purpose greater than yourself. Even for me, Tabor, like to think about what I've done so far with Locus. I've been on several podcasts. I've put myself out there on YouTube, mm-hmm. gotten critiques, all this. If it were just about me, I would probably fall back into that self-worth conversation. Mm-hmm. But if it's about, hey, uh, I want to help people whose marriages might be on the line. I want to help people who might be struggling financially and health-wise and see that there are things they can do to shift their thinking that can change their life. So they don't feel like they're living Groundhog Day or they're just fed up and sick and tired of being sick and tired of the same patterns. I know what that's like and the damage it can do. And I want to help people move past that so they can get where they want to go. So that's an important piece. And it's never about you as an entrepreneur. It's not about your business or you. It's about how you can meet a need Mm. in the world. And that gets you up every morning and it gets you beyond those fears. Sometimes when you do notice you have concerns about like, okay, am I good enough or speaking or all that? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, when was my earliest feeling of this? And generally, it's going to be when you're younger than seven. And it's going to be something happened because we'll never get through the world unscathed that your brain decided, oh, this is scary. This didn't go well. We're not going to let this happen again. Let's cause some anxiety and angst and emotions so that it doesn't happen again. So it's actually like a healthy mechanism when it's trying to prevent something awful, but it doesn't work for us when we want to grow and move toward our goals. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you've said uh, about it's not about you. (laughs) It's about other people. I actually talked about this on a podcast where I talked about podcasting. So the the question was, how did I overcome my fear or of starting my podcast? And my biggest fear was what I've shared, uh, you know, what other people will think of me. And um, when I realized that it's not about me, even if I think about a speaker, for example, when they go on stage, you know, when they can think about the audience and how they can serve the audience now they are, you know, shifting their focus from themselves to the audience and how they can serve the audience instead of focusing on the, on themselves and their, their insecurities and things like that. So that's 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 very powerful. Yeah. And, you know, I was wondering because we are talking about entrepreneurs. So what are some other things that you've seen um, hold entrepreneurs back or what are some of the things that they struggle with in, in terms of mindset? Sure. 
Well, let me think of the ones I work with a couple of student entrepreneurs uh, asking for money for goods and services and pr pricing, right? And that, again, it all goes into, am I worth this much? Can I ask this much? What if someone doesn't feel there's a lot of value here? And that, I would tell you, that'll always be there until you start to do it. So there's no magic rational words I can give you to say, yes, your coaching program is worth that, or yes, your podcasting, or yes, what you're doing is worth that. Just to then tell you, price it at what, you know, I mean, I wouldn't even look at what the market does. I would just price it at where you think the value is for you and then over deliver, mm -hmm. right? Then just deliver in the packaging and pricing. So I see that a lot or a concern about, well, I don't want to push somebody in to make a decision. I always say, look, if you have a valuable life altering product or service in the marketplace, then definitely you're going to want to connect with as many people and make offers. And if you don't get out of the marketplace, I truly believe, I mean, I even trademarked Locust Mindset, not because mm -hmm. I want to go out there and start getting mad if people infringe, but I just believe there's such an amazing piece of this that if we don't have that mindset first, all the others won't work mm -hmm. because you have to understand how your brain works. So when it comes to when you're trying to do something new, you're going to see stuff come up because you're moving out of what they call homeostasis. You're moving out of what is comfortable, what is known, an income level. You'll see this. Some people, they'll never exceed a certain income level. And it, it has nothing to do with that they can't. Mm -hmm. It's just you'll make these decisions that seem rational but are really guided by a, this is just where it's safe. It might be too much work if I did this, or I couldn't possibly charge this or do that, right? Mm, yeah. Then you have what I love about some entrepreneurs that are really, they need to make money, right? They'll just do it. And then they end up doing great. And they go, wow, I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So those are just some things I would share. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of like want to deconstruct the uh, locus mindset in terms of how can we cultivate this mindset? So what are some key principles? Sure. Okay, I want you to think about this, and this is on my website. I have these images of a compass, like a directional compass and a magnet. So your compass is your conscious brain, your conscious mind, the system two, we'll call it, right? Mm. That's what Daniel Kahneman calls it. Yeah. It's your analytical thought. It's the goals that you want in your life, the things you're consciously aware of, the beliefs you're consciously aware of. So Tibor, remember you said, I took the test. I got a 29. Mm -hmm. I generally feel I'm in control. Okay. Then you have the magnet. Think of like a horseshoe magnet that, you know, has magnetic pull. And that's your, those are your unconscious beliefs, your more autonomic system one, right? The things that hold unconscious bias, you know, that's a big topic in the world today and very real. And all of the beliefs and meanings that your brain has formed to keep you safe. What is up, Mindset Nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations and want to learn more about mindset, entrepreneurship, or podcasting, or simply you want to hang out with other like-minded listeners, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday for at least 30 minutes so that we can get to know each other even more. I can answer your questions or teach you more about mindset, entrepreneurship, content marketing, branding, or podcasting. You can join the Mindset Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation. Once again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation. 
or simply go to our website mindsethorizon.com and in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says Mindset Nation and there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group and until then, be limitless, my friend. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and changemaker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility and scale your impact and business, I have good news for you. I provide one-on-one mentoring and group coaching programs where I teach how to start your own epic podcast from scratch, build credibility and scale your online presence and business. You can read more about these services at mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. On top of all that, I provide a 30-minute free discovery call where we can see if podcasting is something that can help you scale your brand and business. You can book a free discovery call with me at mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. Or simply shoot me an email at tibor at mindsethorizon.com. That's T-I-B-O-R, tibor at mindsethorizon.com. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's Mindset Transforming Conversation. When you're moving through life, if you notice you're setting goals and you're not hitting them. Now, conversely, you might have things where you're doing really well at because the magnet mind has great positive associations. There's nothing holding it back. But if a magnet is pulling in the opposite direction and you put it near a compass, what happens? It changes the orientation of the compass. Mm -hmm. So if we want to regain control of our lives and develop a stronger internal locus, we have to work with the magnet mind. If you're a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're a business person, you have to do that in leadership training. If you just give people strategies, tactics, leadership theory and say, digest it, now do it. They'll only do it to the extent that it, it resonates. It's aligned with what's going on in their dominant beliefs. And those are not the ones they're aware of. Mm-hmm. So for example, with me, while I believed I was you know, intelligent and successful and I had degrees and all this, dom- my dominant belief was, but you're really not worth anything unless people like you and are kind to you and you don't tick anybody off. Now, I would not have been able to articulate that, mm-hmm. but that would come up. So what we work on with Locus Mindset through the Thrive Framework, which is an incredible framework. It's a six-part system to get change. It's personal to each person, but the framework can be used in every with everybody, is you will start to see shifts there quickly because we actually go in and drop in new systems of belief, new, new frameworks, new autonomic associations, so you can start to see change. I mean, you have to do other things too, but that really is like an infusion right away using every propulsion system of how that magnet mind learns and changes. Mm. So that's really interesting. And to be honest, that's a really powerful analogy, uh, you know, with the magnet and compass. And I was just wondering, because I'm sure people are wondering and the listeners are wondering, so what are some of the steps that we can take to, to work on that magnet mind? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the steps really, I'll just, I'll share them really quickly. And, you know, if, if people can write them down and do them, that would be great. Uh, so what we do in the threat with locus mindset is we literally just work with, we don't try to fight the belief system. It's like, whatever it is, whatever comes up is important. Uh, I'll, I'll reference a, a phenomenal practitioner. He does um, acupuncture, hypnotherapies in California, Dr. David Snyder. And Dr. David Snyder, and he's, I think his website is nlppower.com. And he talks about the, the different elements of the subconscious mind. And he said, when you ask it a question or when you start to think about something, your subconscious mind answers first. It's like a little whisper. It always answers honestly. And there's an immediate urge to edit it because you feel like you're making it up. Mm -hmm. So if you know that, then when you ask yourself, what am I really worried about if I start a podcast, if I start a business, what, and if they don't, if people don't like me or what they think of me, what am I concerned about? Let that answer come up because that is the key to what you need to put in as the antidote. Mm -hmm. The second thing is it's not enough to just identify the, the limiting scripts, stories, beliefs that we have. We need to put something else in instead because the brain is kind of, you know, if you're just going along in life and you're not directing your thoughts intentionally or pouring in great content, again, Dr. Hardy talks about this, then your brain will naturally go to the negative. It'll sort for risk because that's how it's designed. It's like everything looks okay here. Oh, we better make sure we're sorting two thirds negative so we don't come up to any problem, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's why you see worry and anxiety and people will come up with, well, I'm just concerned that if I do this, I could get sick and then this could happen. And you think, okay, hold on. What's the real concern here? So with the Thrive Framework, it's a very specific five minute a day because look, business people, entrepreneurs, lawyers, they don't have a lot of time to be doing like 40 minutes of meditation and all this journaling. Those are (laughs) wonderful things, but they want results quickly. And I hear you. I want results quickly too. When I get sick, I want to get better right away. I don't want to take two weeks, right? So this does that because it's, it's so many things at once. T for the Thrive Framework stands for timing. There's a very specific point we do this in the day. It's actually right before you go to bed because you're taking advantage of a natural point in time when your conscious mind lets go and the thoughts and the writings that you put in drop in. I just want to drop in new things so those can begin to take root, Mm -hmm. right? It's like planting seeds. Mm -hmm. H is handwriting. R is repetition. And then I-V-E stands for imagination, visualization, and emotion. Those are like the searing, the, the heating mechanisms of the subconscious mind. What you put in and you supercharge with your imagination, like you're a little kid and you're just imagining something and you visualize it really vividly and then you feel the emotion will lock it in so deep. And so I tell people, you know, I can't make any claims, right? You know this, I'm a lawyer, I have to be careful. I can't make income claims or health or relationship claims. But the results I was seeing with people, which could be atypical, but we, you know, it's about 200 people now and what they were experiencing was amazing change. And they said, it just feels like finally I got to the root of it. And so it's, it's great because not only do I have the Thrive course, but I have a lot of coaches and consultants that said, look, I want to teach this to my people. I want to just use it. And I said, great. So I actually created a Thrive Coaches portal mm-hmm. where they can take the course and they have all the materials. They, can, they have a license then to teach it because it is my material, but I want to share it and they can just drop it in. And I'll tell you, it's the best way to get change with clients because they see it happen. And they're like, Oh, I finally see it. Now, they, you have to keep doing it. This is an ongoing process, mm-hmm. just like exercise or anything. But this is how you start to move those beliefs that could have been there for decades. It's just so powerful. People underestimate the power of that magnet mind. 
Wow, that's really, really interesting. And I was wondering if we could go deeper into one or another thing that came to my mind was emotions, because I know you talk about emotions as well, connected to the subconscious mind and why emotions are important. Yes. Okay. So no, they're so important. In fact, uh, you know, I talked to a couple neuroscientists and they can actually put electrodes up to your brain or measure in your brain in the limbic emotional system. Mm -hmm. And they'll be able to predict when you're going to make a decision about something. So if they give you Coke or Pepsi or, you know, Crest or Scope, they'll be able to tell you, okay, uh, this lit up and we think you're going to choose that. And then the person will say, oh, I think I'm going to choose that. Okay. So emotions drive behavior. And they have to, because if you think about your brain, why we produce emotions is so we act. So if you're angry, if you're scared, you take action. It's a survival mechanism. Uh, There's been great research done on memory reconsolidation. It's on my website on the resources and research tab. Mm -hmm. And I did an interview with Bruce Ecker, who does this type of work in therapy. The reason we remember something is an emotion is attached to it. And every time we recall that memory, it changes based on that emotional context. So it's really interesting because memories aren't even that reliable. We think they are. And trust me, if you had told me 10 years ago, I'd say this, I would have said no way. But we're (laughs) even seeing in the legal world, they don't allow witness memory testimony because it's just not reliable. I mean, it it has to go through several iterations of, you know, validity and different types, and it's still circumstantial. So people now can recognize memories can be corrupted, but emotions attach meaning so that we either A, don't do it again, Uh, even though it could be very good for us, the brain will be like, that was painful. Let's not do that again. So you see this with public speaking, with starting a company. If there's a failure, somebody says, I don't want to do this again. So the brain will say, well, then if you never start something, Mm -hmm. you'll never lose it. And there's procrastination, right? If I never put something out there, I can't be torn apart. So I want it to be perfect, right? That's how this stuff shows up. And if, if, and and I bet you entrepreneurs are like, I'm so tired of hearing from people. Okay. I just got to make a list and I just got to, you know, to take the big bite of the elephant. And because that's not where the problem is, Mm -hmm. it's deeper. And if we can get in and make the change there, imagine it's like pulling something out by the root. It's gone. It's not something you got to keep fighting. You actually remove it. You put something else in and it's like, you just move forward. The magnet doesn't hold back. It propels. Wow. Wow. That's really powerful. So I can definitely relate to this topic. And you've mentioned emotions drive behavior. And I've also heard beliefs where every action is belief driven. So it's kind of like the subconscious part of the brain, I guess, you know, the beliefs that you talked about and the emotions. So that's, that's how our behaviors are driven, I guess. I mean, that's pretty powerful to just as an information, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, if you really ask yourself, you know, what emotions might be driving this, Mm -hmm. then that's generally where we want to intervene. And there's so many uh, techniques to intervene. You know, I'm certified at HeartMath Coach where we can work directly with that emotional part of the brain. But yeah, and when you, okay, so here's another thing that's interesting. When you move through the world, whether you're in business, you know, in relationships with people at the workplace or personally, whatever, and you start to notice those emotions come up by simply by being aware of how the locus mindset works, you'll go, oh, this is either getting me to react a certain way, like to send this email because this person didn't respect me. And if they don't respect me, they don't care about me. If they don't care about me, am I unlovable? Mm -hmm. That's literally what happens, Mm -hmm. right? Because you think to yourself, why would someone do something like that? Uh, You know, so by understanding that if you can intervene at that emotional level and, and restabilize and say, okay, what would have to be true for me in order for me not to react this way? 
that's how you begin to take the charge out. And when people heal, I mean, therapists will tell you this, that do especially a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, emotions, negative emotions can be toxic for the body. Mm, It's literally like drinking poison. Wow. And they can live in the body and cause disease, right? Mm-hmm. There's a great book, The Great Pain Deception by Steve Ozonic. And he talks about this. And we don't tend to think about this in Western culture. We think about the body as separate from the mind and we treat one and not the other and it's all integrated. Mm-hmm. So you want to be really aware of, okay, I'm getting a negative emotion. Where is it coming from? And I will tell you from my work with Locust Mindset, it mostly has to do with us, even our conflicts with other people. Because Tabor, tell me if this has happened with you. Some people bother you but they don't bother other friends that you have and vice versa. A friend might say, oh, that person really gets on my nerves. You're like, really? They don't bother me at all. Right? Yeah, yeah. Totally. So even though that person might be doing like annoying behavior per mm-hmm. se, it doesn't bug you because there's not something it's pushing on that's touching on those foundational issues. Am I loved? Am I worth something? Am I respected? And am I going to be alone? Is this person matching a person in my childhood who was very volatile? That kind of thing. So that's how we know it's not about the other person. Doesn't mean another person might not want to change behavior, but the emotional trigger happens inside. It's an inside job. Mm. And there's this perception that you also talk about. Uh, you also have mentioned uh, meaning. So we, you know, have a meaning about something, the situation. We have a perception, and more importantly, you talked about in one of your interviews or uh, videos about how we can, you know. Um, recognize things in our external world based on what we focus on and and based on our perception and belief systems. And it's very much connected to, let's say, entrepreneurship in a way when you have a goal or when you're trying to achieve something, you might not realize some opportunities in your external world because, you know, because of your perceptions. That's right. Your perceptions drive, I mean, your beliefs influence your perceptions and there's so much science on this. So I don't want to get into all of that. I know we don't have the time for that, but I just want to share this. So what, so you think about locus of control, it's based on the degree to which you believe or perceive. Well, what controls your perceptions and your beliefs? Mm -hmm. System one, Mm -hmm. your autonomic subconscious mind where emotions live. And because of that, you will tend to pick up on the things in your environment because there's no way your visual cortex picks up and your conscious brain, everything you see, it's all there, but many of it is pushed down to the subconscious mind. It's either irrelevant. So we don't look at it. Mm -hmm. This is why you have those studies of unlucky people. They did a study of unlucky people and they had them walk by money on the ground. They never saw it, right? They literally sorted it out because that wouldn't be in their world. Isn't that weird? Uh, Or how many times have you walked by something and you're like, oh my goodness, a carnival just went in. Like you're not even looking for it. You can't believe you missed it. So this happens all the time with entrepreneurs. So that's why Thrive is so powerful is Mm. you go, well, how am I going to change that? You don't have to worry. The system is built to work with the opportune time of the brain and the part of the mind that drives change. So when you begin to do the framework, then you'll shift your perceptions and beliefs according to your standards, your terms, your values. So you see that, but that absolutely affects that. And the hardest thing for really intelligent and analytical and you know driven people to get mm-hmm. is that what you are perceiving may not be reality. And that's really tough because what do we hear? Wow. Perception is reality. Yeah. And yes, is there a kernel of truth to it? Sure. But you know what? It's not always the case because Mm -hmm. it's our reality. It may not be the way we want to move forward. And then you talk to highly successful entrepreneurs. You say, what do they do? They don't have those. Somehow they've they've just decided they've broken those perceptions or beliefs or they tried something, it worked and they broke it because of experience. 
So we want to learn from those people, but it's not enough just to identify what holds you back. A lot of therapy does that and that's helpful, but you got to decide where you want to go and overwrite those programs, either remove them and drop in new ones or overwrite them. But you got to get something down there that gets you moving forward. Wow. Wow. That's really fascinating. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your, maybe you have some practices in your life that you do in order to cultivate this more positive mindset. What I usually do, for example, um, you, you know, and you've mentioned handwriting, I sometimes put down, not every day, but in the morning, I put down a vision. And sometimes it's a long-term vision, sometimes it's a short-term vision, for example, three months, six months from now. And I usually put it down, write it down as if it was happening right now. And uh, this is kind of like my focus. Um, you know, I I have this vision in mind, so it, 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 it makes me more focused on where I am going. And so maybe that's the, you know, maybe that's how I, you know, uh, become more focused on on what I want to achieve or rewire my brain to, you know, recognize those opportunities in my external world. Because what we talked about, I think it's also called the brain selective attention, right? So we, you know, filter out those information that we perceive. So I thought this is my practice to kind of like, you know, notice the things connected to my vision, so to speak, with with this journaling. I think that's fabulous. So you said two things that are really critical. Number one is you write it down as if it's happening now. And that is a piece of the Thrive Framework. We write things in present tense or present progressive. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? Because the subconscious brain knows one time now. Mm -hmm. It's only concerned with like what's happening right now because it's, its prime directive is we have to keep you safe. We have to keep things safe so that you live, right? So if you write a vision in the future, it doesn't pay attention to it because it doesn't have to worry about it. It's like, great, I got enough to worry about now. I'm not going to even focus on that. Mm -hmm. So write it as it's happening now. And then I think it's so important that you do, you focus on it. Like I've got goals up on my whiteboard. The more the brain sees these things, the more it takes in mm -hmm. and the more repetition works. But I might encourage you to try something now. I might encourage you to do this writing 15 minutes before you go to sleep mm -hmm. and actually do the thrive process. So you're going to handwrite it 15 minutes before you go to sleep because that's the, that's the window of time. It's the most opportune window. Think about if you've ever watched a movie or scrolled on your cell phone or looked at the internet and then you go to bed, what happens? Mm -hmm. Stuff shows up in your dreams, yeah, right? Yeah. It drops right in your subconscious mind. People say, I can't watch that before bed. So why don't we use that as a propulsion system to get in those goals? So do it before you go to bed and supercharge it with visioning it, imagining it, and feeling the emotion as if you got it right now. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to do sometimes because we're like, oh, I don't want to get hopeful. I want you to get hopeful. I want you to immerse yourself in the now. And then go to sleep because that is the most powerful part. Then all of a sudden it drops in. And when you wake up, I guarantee, I mean, I can't guarantee, I have to be careful, I can't make guarantees. So this is not an income or lifestyle guarantee, but you may notice incredible shifts that just feel natural. You're like, what just happened? I can't believe, or it doesn't look linear. Like all of a sudden something changes in life and you think, oh, well, that's because of this, but gosh, I don't think I would have done this if it weren't for that. So the, the, you just start to see it organically. That's how you know you're getting change. It doesn't feel like you're combing against the grain. Wow. 
Uh, the practices I do, I do thrive every night. In fact, I mean, I, I can tell you some incredible, well, maybe we'll do a part two of this, but I've gotten some incredible results in ways I never thought by doing thrive every night. And then in the morning, uh, I, I use a practice like a gratitude practice where I just think of three things. I, I already write them down, mm-hmm. three things I'm grateful for. And I just put myself in that state. Those are important, but I can't stress enough the imagination and the visualization. We can be great writers, great journalers, but if we don't activate that imagination and emotion, we have to somehow sear this in. Wow. That's how you do it. That's so fascinating because to be honest with you, I I did a very similar process in the morning. So my um, morning routine was basically journaling. So you know, the things that we talked about. So I, I, I wrote down my vision, for example. And then and after their journaling, I meditated on that. So I visualized that particular oh, vis- uh, vision, so to speak. So yeah. that's really interesting because, um, yeah, so you say you're saying thrive every night. So not in the morning, but uh, in the night. And there's... there's- you know- I think I think you're going to get results with it because the, you know the the system is based on six propulsion systems of the subconscious mind: mm-hmm. timing, handwriting, repetition, and again, handwriting. You're using present tense and positive wording, mm-hmm. um, imagination, visualization, and emotion. If you use five of them, yeah, it's still going to work. But I I know entrepreneurs, people, they want the most bang for their buck. And I I would suggest that if you are doing something at a time of day when your conscious brain which is designed to sort of filter things out if they don't match what's underneath, right, is most alert, it's probably going to be harder for that to get in. So what we want to do is bypass the conscious brain because we know that that's not getting change mm. in areas that we want to change, yeah. right? Sometimes it, it, it works. So I don't want people to think, well, that's ridiculous because I can consciously focus. Okay. But if you're noticing things keep repeating, let's not try to go willpower mm. on us. Let's just bypass it. So that's where I would say it's going to be, effect- I think it'll be effective. All those things are positive. I try to just concentrate six things in one focused time frame so people could begin to see and feel change because it's just like weight loss. When people start to see things change in their life, they get more motivated. They're like, okay, I can, I can do this. This is working. Yeah. Now I will tell you, sometimes what happens is you see a lot of change very quickly and then there's resistance that comes up. People will say, oh, I lost my pen or, oh, I went on vacation. So I stopped. That's the body. That's the brain saying, oh, this is foreign to us. We better put up some things because things are changing. So you have to have consistency and commitment. Yeah. Yeah, If you miss a night, it's kind of like brushing your teeth. But what I try to say to people is, would you not brush your teeth every night? And most people are like, oh no, I would. So habit stack it, use a habit stacking, you know, uh, system and put it right after you brush your teeth or right before or whatever, but get it in every night. Because if you don't, something else is going to go in. Mm. Generally, fear, anxiety, worry about the day, a bad text message. So we don't want to let that drop in at a very opportune time when it could impact our life. Wow, that's really powerful. I think we could go for hours, especially if we get into habits as well. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know, we, do, we should do a part two because <laughs> this is great stuff. And I, I just love that it can help people and it can restore a sense of control and agency and calm from the inside out. This is not a top-down system. I mean, you will, you know, again, I can't make any claims, but you can see real change with this because it's literally, it's like a reverse engineer of how all the bad stuff got in. Mm. And now we're putting in what we want. And for years, people didn't approach it this way. And a lot of these things are not unique. I mean, journaling, writing in positive tense, those are not things that are unique. But 
Thrive sort of takes all six of them, supercharges them around this concept of locus. So you really start to feel more in control. And we did a focus group of people where we gave them an assessment before and after an established measurement tool. And we saw from the Thrive framework, a statistical significance with increase in internal locus. Wow. So something is happening. It was very powerful. Wow. It's really powerful. And what I really love about this is that it's science-based and, and you know, research-backed. So it's, it's really powerful. And uh, to be honest with you, my morning routine is was just like, you know, based on my knowledge, basically. So I kind of like came up with the thing on my own, but it wasn't, you know, backed up by science in, in many ways, I would say. Um, and also, as we are getting closer to the end of this, you know, conversation and episode, uh, you've mentioned a couple of books, you know, throughout the conversation, but I wanted to ask um, about book recommendations. If you have something for the listeners, you could share. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, in my office on my campus, I've got a whole wall of inspiration of books. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, I love, I mean, that's how I learned this, right? Yeah. It was like self-discovery. Wow. You know, your your professional growth, as an, I'll tell you this for entrepreneurs, your professional growth will never outpace your personal development. Mm. So always in your own personal growth, it'll get you further than any type of professional conference or anything. Wow. And you're starting to see a lot of professional business conferences incorporate personal growth and development. Mm. Um, yeah, I will talk about a couple books I think are really powerful. One is Success Mindsets by a good friend and colleague, Dr. Ryan Godfordson. And he talks about different mindsets for success, you know, again, from an organizational leadership standpoint, but he, he mentions the subconscious. I think that's an important book to really get an idea of the, the influence of this. Mm. The next one is Dr. Benjamin Hart. He wrote two books, Willpower Doesn't Work, Personality Isn't Permanent. Both are exceptional. And he shares his story, his experience, his work. Phenomenal books, very easy to read, but very, very transformational. And then Daniel Kahneman, Thinking Fast and Slow, is exceptional. And there really is a lot of the psychologic research, psychology, and the the science behind these two systems of our brain. So you might as well just call them subconscious and conscious. But I know sometimes those terms tend to mean different things to people. Mm. So if you want to talk about system one or system two, I would recommend those those books as good reads or audibles. I audible um, a lot of books because I can do that when I'm exercising or, you know, Wow. doing work or driving. Yeah. So yeah, I recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I really love podcasts because I do the same because, you know, you can do different things uh, when you, when you listen to audio. So uh, I, I was just wondering. And I'm, and I'm working on, I'll tell you real quick to I'm working on a locust book actually wow. um, about this called locust. So definitely when that comes out, I would love to share that because it just basically summarizes all of the research around certain areas and then talks about the Thrive Framework. I wanted to put it together for people so they could have something wow. they could use. So cool. When is it going to come out? Oh, hopefully next year. I mean, I'm pretty far in the writing and then it just has to be edited and, you know, polished, but I'm hoping by, you know, where are we? Boy, the, the, the time frame has just gone, right? It's like July already, but I'm hoping by spring or summer of next year, it'll be ready. If not sooner, sometimes I set deadlines and I like to, I like to go earlier because I don't yeah. like to be at the end of it, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we'll see. That's that's exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, before I ask my last question, please just tell the listeners where they can find you online, get in touch. And also if you have free giveaways maybe for the listeners, the low-cost yeah. test. Yeah. yeah. 
Sure, absolutely. So if you go to Locus, L-O-C-U-S, Mindset, M-I-N-D-S-E-T.com, that's the website. There's the Locus test. It just kind of gets, gets you thinking about Locus of Control. But again, it's it's not dispositive, meaning you could score high or low, but yet you know have a different Locus. It just gets you thinking. And as far as free things, there's tons of stuff on the Research and Resources tab around different areas of Locus in life. So I've separated it by relationship, business, money, emotions, memory. So if something I said really resonates with people and they think I want to learn more, that's just a really quick dashboard where you can go. Uh, if you find on YouTube, Locus Mindset on, on YouTube, tons of free videos with leadership, mindset, Locus tips and hacks, tons of free content. I teach different things on there, which is great. And then um, the if, if you go to the website, you can get into the Thrive course mm-hmm. that's on there. It's a pretty low price point. And if you like that or you think, wow, I liked what she said, I want to teach that to my people and just drop it in and have it like ready made and, and have a license to teach it because, again, it's, you know, it's my material. Then, yeah, you can sign up for the um, Thrive Coaches program. Just reach out to me and I can get you in there. And it's, it's just a one-time fee. It's not a membership site. It's nothing like that. It's just here you go. Here's everything you need. Now go and teach it and change people type thing. Oh, and you know what? Real quick, there's a there's a free. I forgot about this. Yeah. There's a free masterclass oh, wow. too for your locus and your business. That's on there too. I, I forgot about that. So you can sign up. It's a free class, a free webinar that I did. Uh, it, you know, you just sign up for that, and you can listen to that if you want to learn a little more. Where yeah. is it available? On my website, front page. Okay. Yeah, pretty. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And the links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. And my last question is, what is your mission and what is your future vision? Yeah, sure. Oh, that's an easy one. And it's just at the very heart and soul of why I started this, like a journey to the center of myself. Mm-hmm. I would love to share this with everyone and anyone who, who has struggled with what I had. And I wish I had come back 10 years. You know, you kind of wish you could send yourself back in back to the future, back to the past 10 years ago or 12 years ago and say, hey, let me explain why you might be struggling with these things. It's very normal. It's okay. There is a system. There is a way forward to really regain control and change the direction of your life. Mm -hmm. And it might not look the way you think, but it's going to look better because we're going to be able to work with the most powerful part of the mind. And that's really what my goal is to help business people to achieve what they want financially, uh, financial freedom, you know, success, help people with relationships because all these areas touch, Mm -hmm. right? And really understand the control they have over their lives, not of the world, but what they can do to change how they operate and think every day so they can break out of patterns. Because that's ultimately what frustrates us. You know, it's, I just keep seeing the same thing show up and I'm just sick and tired of it. Mm. How do I move forward? And how do I feel like I have more control even in a world like right now where a lot is out of our control? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you as well. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Tabor. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.